0: Good morning. Good morning. It's kind of hard to follow that, uh, that video. But thank you for letting me uh, be here today. I didn't know it was gonna be Carmi Day uh, here in uh, Freedom, but uh, I'm so thankful to, to, uh, to also be here from from Carmi and just to bring you a greetings and welcome from the, the Baptist Children's Home and Family Services. You know, I hope in uh, just a minute uh, you'll hear uh, a word that I think God uh, gave me personally several months ago and I'll talk a little bit about that as, as we're um, going through through the message, but uh, certainly I'm always excited to, to go anywhere and talk about the, your ministry, which is at the Baptist Children's Home and Family Services. And know, I was asked when I first came in if I was gonna sing, and thankfully I'm not for your purposes, and in a few minutes you may think you can't preach either, so I'm not, not sure that I might be good for anything, uh, but I do get excited about just giving uh, our partners in ministry an update about your ministry the ministry at the baptist children's home and family services you know you just heard this story of of colton and colton had been with us for for uh, quite a while and was with us last year and, and as you know uh, we can all say that the, the past year has just really been difficult it's been really difficult to to know how to run a children's home and a ministry in the middle of of covid and some of the, the the things that that initially seemed like they were were um, uh, barriers or, or or potential opportunities to frustr to uh, to get frustrated, really turned into blessings. And I think one of those initially came uh, back late last March uh, uh, in 2020 when suddenly all our kids uh, uh, couldn't go to school. We were going to try to do remote learning and. And trust me, homeschooling children's homes kids is a little different than homeschooling your own kids. And so uh, we, we were able to uh, quickly put together some things so that we could do that. But one of the things that came from from that opportunity and spending uh, those, our kids spending more time on our campus with a staff was just really the opportunity to disciple them. And Colton, I think, is one of the, the stories of the, the five uh, young people that were saved uh, during... Uh, covid and during the the middle of, of all that chaos and i'm thankful that god gave us that that time to to really spend extra time discipling our kids but you know under that big umbrella of the baptist children's home and family services we have five or you i should say have five distinct ministries you know one of those obviously is the baptist children's home which is in carmai and and uh, we serve young people there and their families uh uh, young people who, for different reasons, can't stay in their home. And so God allows us to, to work with them, to serve them, uh, and, uh, and as well as their families. Part of the story that's missing here, because you have to edit a lot out on a video, is just simply how Colton Salvation has now gotten his entire family involved in church, where they had not been in church for many years. And so just the opportunity to see how uh, the work, even there on the campus, uh, begins to impact family members and generations to come, uh, just just through that work. We also have our Angels Cove ministry, which is our maternity home in Mount Vernon. And Angels Cove is also a residential program, but it's for women of of any age, uh, teenagers through through adults who, who are pregnant, or, and homeless or have uh, need of supports. And, and so they can come live at Angels Cove and we help uh, uh, work with them to get the things they need to be able to live independently, uh, to parent their child if they are choosing to parent, uh, if, if they are looking at options like adoption to also help them facilitate that, that process. So that ministry, even in the middle of COVID, even in the middle of, you know, we let babies live in a congregate care place you know all these kinds of concerns that we had to to deal with god continued to use that ministry uh during COVID. talking about adoptions uh you know it's very rare that i i I travel anywhere in, in the state literally anywhere from quad cities chicago southern illinois that i do not run into people who in some way have been impacted by the adoption ministry uh, at Baptist Children's Home. Uh, we, we gave uh, the adoption ministry its own new, new name last year and now <laughs> refer to it as Faith Adoption Ministries. And so our, through Faith Adoption Ministries, we continue to help uh, uh, place and, and form new families. Do you know last year in the middle of COVID when, when hospitals wouldn't let people visit and when, when all these restrictions are going on, we still placed three infants for adoption uh, through the Faith Adoption Ministry Uh, in 2020. Uh, More, and I know three doesn't sound like a lot, but that's more than we've done in eight years prior to uh, 2020. So uh, God has really been working through that ministry even when it was harder to do. Then we have our Pathways Counseling Ministry, which some of you may have heard. We have 13 counseling locations from from Effingham all the way over to the Metro East area and down and in different places, and, and so we have Christian uh, counselors and therapists that work with families, individuals of all ages, uh, and uh, to to help through different uh, struggles of, of, of life struggles. So, um, so that ministry uh, also. Uh, Again, last year we were unsure how to move forward, people didn't want to come sit in the office with their counselor. Uh, So we embraced technology as many of us uh, didn't want to do and and found a HIPAA compliant, which is important when it comes to to, uh, delivering uh, healthcare services, uh, telehealth uh, service that we could do our counseling uh, through um, video. And, uh, and so our counselors continued to work with their clients and took on new clients, even when it was hard to do. And you know, the, the, the crazy thing of, of, of it all is we were already in the process of starting a new ministry uh, when COVID hit, uh, That new ministry called Grace Haven. And on March the 30th of last year, I had to go sign papers to purchase a building, not knowing if we'd ever be able to open that building (laughs) or when we would be able to open that building. Uh, But God made a way. Some interesting things happened along that because we did purchase that building and because our contractor couldn't go do other jobs because of COVID, our building was empty. So we got bumped up to the top of the list and got a building remodeled and ready to open so that we could open uh, in October uh, of this, uh, this past year. God continue to work through your ministry at the Baptist Children's home and so I, I appreciate uh, just the support of, of our churches all over the state including freedom who who supports the ministry uh, and supports uh, and gives us the opportunity to help Colton and his family and many other Coltons whose story I wish I could could share with you today. You know uh, next week as uh, brother Rob mentioned will be our Mother's Day offering and I just appreciate your you're prayerfully considering that, that offering and that uh, as a way to, to support uh, the ministry at the Baptist Children's Home. You know, we don't take state funds for, for our, our services. Uh, we are not funded through the cooperative program, as many assume that we are. Uh, all the giving that comes to the children's home is above and beyond uh, what churches and individuals across the state give to their churches and to the cooperative program. And I'm just truly humbled... Uh, each year, at uh, at just the uh, generosity of God's people, and so I thank you uh, today, and thank you for for just allowing me to, to bring a, a a message to you today that I as I mentioned earlier, that I believe God uh, uh, showed me when I was struggling to figure out uh, what we needed to do uh, in the middle of chaos. So today we're going to look just really at three verses, and they're going to be in, in uh, Proverbs uh, in chapter 24, and it's verses 10, 11, and 12. I actually heard a preacher say this week, you know, Proverbs is a great book, but, but you know, it's hard to, to preach out of it because you can only use, use a verse at a time, you know, and so there, there there's maybe a little truth to that, but we're going to look at three verses, and, and we'll talk more about those uh, and how they connect in just a minute, but we'll be in Proverbs chapter 24. But kind of as an introduction to, to this this message, you know, one of the things that I remember uh, uh, from uh, growing up, my uh, I grew up in a small town a little south of Jackson, Mississippi, and and uh, uh, in in that small town, my my grandparents owned uh, the local pharmacy, and and I remember, you know, as a teenager working at the at the pharmacy and uh, on you know after school and on Saturdays and. And of all the things I remember my granddad teaching me about how to treat customers and how to, to serve people, uh, there was one thing that just kind of stuck out in my mind as, as I was uh, thinking about this message um, that I remember. And I'm not even sure the circumstance of, of how this came up, um, but I remember you know, him being very much a stickler for, you know, whenever you go open the drugstore, the moment you put your key in that door to unlock it, you are open for business. I think what happened was maybe I got there early one day and there were some customers waiting, and I told them they had to wait till we open. And so I think that's probably where the lesson came in. But but he said to me, I remember him saying, "says No, as soon as you open that that door, you are you're open for business. It doesn't matter if you're early. It doesn't matter if somebody calls, you know, because they have a sick baby at two o'clock in the morning and they need some Tylenol. When you go in at two a.m., you unlock that door, you turn on all the lights, and you're open for business." And, and I just remember that being very important to him and, and therefore teaching me to, that that is a very important uh, truth when you own your own business. But just that idea of being open for business has been a struggle the past year, hasn't it? <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's, let's be honest. You know, what, what does it mean then when we, when we think about this idea uh, as, as a, a church or as a ministry or some of you may be business owners or, or, or you know, what does it mean to be open for business uh, and, and how do we do business when, there seems, when it seems to be extra hard? When it seems to be that things are working against us uh, to, to be able to do that. So today I want us to look at these three verses in Proverbs. And, and really, as, you know, these are two different sayings. You know, so I want to be be upfront about that. And verse ten is its own saying; it's kind of an independent uh, truth or, or, or saying of wisdom. And then verses eleven and twelve are kind of connected together. But today we're going to look at all three. I think the way they are flow and the way they are written, I think certainly the message that God has for us today uh, that that uh, they they will uh, uh, it will come together and understand uh, how they connect. So let's read these three verses it says if you faint in the day of adversity your strength is small rescue those who are being taken away to death hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter if you say behold we did not know this does he who does not he who weighs the heart perceive it does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it and will he not repay man according to his work all right, so um, <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I took a couple days off of, of work, if that's ever really a possibility, <laughs> but took a couple days off to do work in my yard. Now, um, I have, we have a very small yard. We bought this house uh, about two and a half years ago. It's an old house built in 1905, and uh, it's uh, on, on Main Street there going through Carmine, and, and it's got a small yard, really small yard. But it was a, it was a mess. Uh, the, the people that owned the house before us uh, used to own a, a local florist. And, and when we bought the house, the, 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 the guy we bought it from you know, said, you know, I, I worked in that yard every day. Well, I am not that person. <laughs> I, you know, I'm a minimalist when it comes to, to yards and, and things like that. And so I have neglected uh, that yard uh, for, for a better part of two and a half years. And so I was going to take two days off, and I was going to at least start on the front. We'll deal with the back later, but the front is what everybody sees, right? So, so uh, I, I got out there early that morning and, and had my uh, you know tools, my pickaxe, and all these different things, and and I started digging away, digging up shrubs uh, somewhere, ten to twelve shrubs uh, in just a, a section about half the size of this uh, this stage up here, and and uh, even found a bird bath buried up in that, but that's a different story. Um, but, but I, I worked so much that, you know, by the next day, I could barely move. You know, everything was hurting, right? Uh, uh, because there was muscles that I had not used in a long time. But I had worked so hard that day. I mean, I even got physically sick over, over it just from, from just the, the, the focus and the energy and the exertion of that, of that uh, work. So when you look at this verse, in verse 12, uh, 10, excuse me, it talks about if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So when, when we look at this verse, and we're going to come to understand what it means is, uh, what what it's saying is not this idea of working to exhaustion like I did on that day. Okay, Rather, it's just the opposite. Because when we start to unpack and see what these words mean, it's the, the fact that uh, the, what this verse really is speaking about is the two and a half years prior to that day where I had neglected, uh, where I had talked myself out of working in the yard, where I had released myself from the fact that, okay, you can just sit there one more year, right? And so when, when we look at this verse here, it says, if you faint in, in the, the, the day of adversity, your strength is small. So as we... Uh, uh, talk about this word faint, faint you know the, the idea of, 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 of or a different way you could say it is really to grow slack it's to, to, to back off um, you know to, um, to, to ignore it to, to sort of release it so the idea of growing uh, to, to release uh, or to uh, grow slack uh, when the, the work is hard uh, causes our strength to be small and we're gonna talk about that phrase, uh, strength being small here in just a moment, because honestly, that was, that was one that uh, was, was one of those that I had to kinda of unpack and, and come to, to understand. But before that, what is this idea of, of growing slack in a, in a day of adversity? What is, it, what is a day of adversity? Well, there are all sorts of words we could put there, whether that's the idea of misfortune or a day of need or a day of distress, a day of suffering or misery or deprivation. You know, but but put to, together here, what, what this passage, what this verse is saying is, you know, don't don't take a break just because it's a little harder to do. Don't grow slack in, in the work that you you've been called to do, just because there's additional stress or additional work or or um, difficulty. You know, the uh, so. The reason I say it that way is because this, this idea of working to exhaustion is not what the scripture is talking about here. It's really just to continue to do the work, not to lag behind, even when the workload seems heavier and the obstacles more challenging. A few months ago, uh, actually, uh, it was probably last October or so now, um, uh, there were a few of our local Baptist associations who still had their uh, annual meetings. And I, I went to one of those and, and uh, happened to be at that association meeting and met uh, uh, the uh, great-great-grandson of a man named Dr. G.W. Danbury. And he, he was actually speaking that night at the association, and, and he asked uh, 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 the, the group there who had ever heard of Dr. G.W. Danbury. And everybody was just sitting there, and no one was saying anything, and I'm sitting there thinking, what? I know that name. You know, but I didn't raise my hand for, for whatever reason. Uh, and and uh, come to find out, he began to tell the story of his great-great-grandfather, Dr. Danbury. But you see, Dr. Danbury was one of three men who, back in 1917, uh, in, in, down in Kormai, in in White County, uh, began to pray because there was a great need in, in the, uh, the state and in the southern Illinois uh, for a group to take care of children. You see, during that time, you know, we were on the heels of a world war. But if you also know the time period of 1917, you also know there was something else going on in the world at that time. There was a pandemic. It was called the Spanish flu. And there were many uh, children who had been orphaned because of the spanish flu and so there was a dire need for an orphanage to care for these children so dr danbury along with uh, these two other deacons uh, at first baptist church there uh, went literally knocking on doors through, throughout white county and together with 20 families took out a loan for three thousand dollars to buy 40 acres of land which is now the, the, the 40 acres of land that the campus at the Baptist Children's Home is on um, in, in uh, Carmi. You know, I think about that. It would have been a time, you know, yeah, maybe God spoke to them in 1915, 16, somewhere in there. But, you know, it was hard, right in 1917. I mean, we we're just getting out of a war. There was this pestilence that they, they called it, uh, the Spanish flu. Uh, it would have been easy just to slack off and say, you know what, this is just not the year for us to try to, to help these, these orphans, these children. But I think about the, 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 uh, the, the focus that these three men had to go out literally when, when, when even if you read back through the historical records, uh, the, the county had, had put people in quarantine, and you couldn't travel, and you couldn't visit other people, and some of the things that we're experiencing now in 2020 and 2021, uh, these things were going on then, and they still came together to form what was then called the Baptist Orphanage, which is now called the Baptist Children's Home and Family Services. So I, I, I look at that, and I look at that history of, of your ministry here in, in, in Illinois through the through the Baptist Children's Home and realize that it's no different even in 2021. That we have to keep our focus, it, it, even though it would be easy for us to talk ourselves into to doing the work that God has called us to do in serving our communities, serving our families, serving those that we come into contact. It would be easy to take a pause, to kind of step back and say, you know what, um, Maybe next year will be a little better, a little bit easier, and we can move forward on these things. What if they had done that in 1917? I can't imagine the tens of thousands of people who have been touched by that ministry in those 104 years. uh, How different would their lives have turned out had those three men decided to wait? I think we should take that same energy, that same focus that in in today's time and and, and not grow faint in the day of adversity. Because if we do, our strength is small. Now, so I mentioned that a while ago that that was a a difficult idea for me to wrap my head around. What does it mean that your strength is small? Does it mean that you're weak? You know, what what does it mean your strength is small? So as I kind of studied the, 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 the language and the intent of the words there, uh, this is kind of the, the mental picture that I got to explain it to myself. So sorry if you don't think that way, but that's, I have to see it to kind of understand it. So, you know, I think about, you know, being a 52-year-old guy. You know, after sleeping all night and getting out of bed, my joints are stiff. You know, everything's popping and cracking when I when I wake up, right? You know, and you think about why after sleeping all night, after having a full night's rest, you know, why would my joints and muscles be be uh, locked up and, and, and popping and, and weak like that. Well, that's the idea of what that phrase, your strength is small, is, is saying here. Sort of like the, if you don't use it, you lose it kind of uh, idea. And, and so the, the, the idea here is that, that our strength is small, is the, the idea that, that uh, uh, we, we uh, uh, lose our impact, uh, that our, uh, the, the impact of our work will be small because we're not using, we're not staying focused, we're not moving, pushing through, and continuing to do what God calls us to do, even in days that are harder uh, to do those things. You know, So our, our, our phrase, the phrase, our strength is small, is best understood then, that our strength becomes cramped or locked up or restricted or hampered when we do not use it. You know, today, our world needs the gospel just as much as it did in 1917, uh, and it needs it today. Amen. Our world is on a downward spiral, and we, we, we've allowed the Creator and, uh, uh, and His perfect will for His creation to be pushed out of almost every aspect of our culture and society in the idea, in, under the, the guise of, of being acceptance, accepting uh, of all. Has our strength become small? So we see that, that uh, as our first point today is that God expects us to continue to do His work and to, keep, to continue to do the, the call that He has for each one of us individually, even when it's harder to do. So as I was thinking about how to describe this, this second point that I think God has, available, uh, or has revealed to us today, uh, I uh, uh, looked up this story And and you'll understand why in just just a minute. It says, In 1869, a lady who was blind was ministering to men in a mission shelter in New York City. During a worship service, she was so concerned about the spiritual well-being of those to whom she was speaking that she said to the men that if there was anyone there who had wandered from his mother's home and teaching to come see her at the end of the service. A young man came up to the lady and said that he would like to see his mother in heaven, but according to the way he was living his life, he was convinced it was not possible. So after ardent prayer with everyone attending the service, he accepted God's justifying grace. That night, when this lady, who we know as Fanny Crosby, went home, she wrote the words to the text to one of her over 8,500 hymns, the one we know as Rescue the Perishing. The verse one of Rescue the Perishing says, "Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave, weep o'er the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful; Jesus will save." I know I don't know about you, but I'm not gifted to go home and write a hymn after seeing God work, right? But do you hear the urgency that she had in that hymn that we are all familiar with? But that's exactly uh, uh, verse 11 in, in Proverbs here. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to slaughter. You see, you know, God has a purpose for for us as believers and as the church. You know, it's not about uh, a building. It's not about masks. It's not about doing this doing that it's about wherever we are in the world in the moment that we have a purpose and that purpose that work that we're to do is we're to rescue the perishing you know so so who then are those being taken away to death here uh, in, in verse 11 well there are really two possibilities and honestly you have to to accept that that both you know is, is a real possibility one is, is, uh, speaks from the idea of, of uh, those who are unjustly being carried off to death. So it's an idea of standing up for justice uh, uh, is, 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 is possibly one way to understand the rescue those who are being taken away to death. The, the other idea is, is also that those who are stumbling towards a spiritual death, a death that is eternal, a death of uh, disaster that might be of their own doing, one commentator I read said, "Death could be physical or spiritual death, or any other misfortune, whether they are being taken off by others, or they are stumbling toward disaster on their own." Those who are not on, <clears throat> those who are not on the way of, uh, Wait. sorry, toward disaster on their own. Sorry, I was trying to read extra words into that. That was the end of the sentence. <clears throat> so the, the the idea here is that. Um, uh, uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's if it's people who are unjustly being led to death, or if it's people who, because of their own decisions, their own uh, choices, are are going down a pathway of of destruction, uh, which we know is an eternal death. Uh, our job as believers is to rescue them. And do, do you hear just kind of the you know the way it's written here? Um, and, and even in some some versions, different versions of, of in these passages, it just talks about, it, it emphasizes more strongly, I think, than the uh, uh, ESV that I'm reading uh, from does. But it's this idea of holding them back. It's a sense of urgency. It's, it's you've got to go. You've got to pull them back. You have to hold them back. Um, and uh, those who are stumbling to slaughter. <clears throat> um Proverbs 12, 28 says, In the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. So we as believers have this understanding. We know that, have the, the knowledge of this path of righteousness because of Jesus Christ who, who it leads to um, uh, uh, through a, a pathway where, where the end result is, is no death. No death. It's an eternity uh, in heaven. But there's this other idea, and and these are the the ones that we're talking about here in in verse 11 that there's a way that seems right to man, but in its end, it only leads to death. We have the answer to save them from that pathway. You know, throughout Scripture, we're reminded uh, of the purpose of being a Christ follower, both in different passages in the Old Testament, New Testament, we can find evidence of, of commands as as to, to the work that God intends us to to do. We are called to be voices uh, of justice and help those who cannot speak for themselves. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, and with all our soul, and with all our strength, and with all our mind, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. right? We're called to care for orphans and widows. We're called to be the instruments of light and life and carry out uh, the Great Commission, so we understand that the, 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 that sin sin is the problem uh, the, the things that that uh, that we see evidence all around us uh, that, that devalues life um, we understand that the root of all that is sin you know so our call is, as believers is to to hold back those that are stumbling to slaughter. <clears throat> how do we do this I think what we've done some already this morning was pray you know uh, we, we can never underestimate the power of God's work through prayer Amen. and uh, and so to, to pray for, for those to pray for those uh, 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 you don't have to uh, uh, you know go into a crowd without a, a mask on to pray you can do that at home these are this is one way that that, that God calls us and allows us to uh, rescue those who are perishing is to pray for them. If God calls you to, to preach or to teach or to serve in some sort of way, that is a way to rescue those that are perishing. You just have to answer that call to do so. I'll add here as a little plug for the children's home, if God's called you as a couple to, to work with teenagers, we are in desperate need for house parents. But what a greater way... To, to be an influence on Colton and to the generations that will come after Colton by serving that ministry? Answer the call. We, we can rescue those by, by fellowship, by, by being around uh, others and, and, and letting them see uh, the gospel lived out uh, in, in our life. We're to engage with the needs as we see them. And I also often think about the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And how easy it would be sometimes to just kind of keep walking and walking by and, and kind of ignore um, uh, the, the, the need that's that's there. But God doesn't allow us to do that. He doesn't want us to do that. If he puts that need in our path, he calls us to be one to respond and to, to meet that need. And then there are other ways to, to, to serve him, whether it's through volunteering and, and serving in uh, church or the community or or even in a ministry like Baptist Children's Home, we have lots of need for volunteers. <clears throat> but the point is, is that we have a job to do. That God has called us to, to rescue those that are perishing. And we can look all around and understand the problem that we see of, of those that are that are stumbling towards death. You know, I... I, I uh, uh, Know that uh, even in a lot of the materials that we receive from IBSA, you know, it's estimated that there's at least 8 million people in our state alone who do not know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's just in our state. And I wonder if it's not even greater than that. One of the things that has, has driven our ministry at the Baptist Children's Home to um, um, be more. Um, uh, I guess overt in, in our uh, uh, statement, in our in our work, and in our ministry, uh, to to demonstrate the value of life is to form that new ministry that we talked about earlier, Grace Haven. If you don't know what Grace Haven is, Grace Haven is a, a pregnancy a crisis pregnancy center, and through that ministry, we hope to to help young women who. Who are uh, unsure what to do because they're pregnant and maybe do not have the, the resources, the things they need to know uh, how to to parent, um, and 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 who also understand, you know, their choices of, of what they can do. You know, our desire is to to help them see that God has a plan for them and that unborn baby. One of the ways we do that is, you know, we have a purchase an ultrasound machine that's part of that that ministry. And so through that one tool, did you know that the studies show us that uh, anywhere from 85 to 90% of, of, of young women and their families who are considering an abortion, if they see their baby and see that heart beating, will choose to have that baby. So we are, through that ministry, are offering free ultrasounds uh, under the... The, the, the guys of, of, of a medical director and, and trained nurses who deliver those ultrasounds uh, want to demonstrate the value that, that the Creator has even in that unborn life. And you know why we have to do that? Did you know that every single day in our state, 116 babies are not allowed to be born? That's every single day. Think about that. That's. I don't know, what, four kindergarten classrooms that disappear every single day in the state of Illinois. (coughs) Now, you and I would be up in arms if that really was happening if if, at some local school four kindergarten classes just vanished every single day. Uh, but, But that's what's happening in our state. That also tells me there's 116 women in their families who feel like they don't have any other choice. So how can we love those families? And that's one of the ways that, that you're doing that through your ministry at the Baptist Children's Home. Literally, speaking for those who do not have a voice for themselves and rescuing those who are unjustly uh, being taken to death. But God's Word is clear. There is an expectation of, of, of you and me uh, and, and work for us to do. And so then we have to look at verse 12, which is the third point, final point for for the message that, that, that it's, again, God gave me, I think, uh, and I hope that it, it speaks to you. But verse 12 says, If you say, Behold, we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? You see, the, the final point here is God holds us to rescue the perishing, to value life, even in days of adversity, and there's no excuse for not doing it. And this is probably the hardest verse to to to, to put put our grasp uh, grasp and put our uh, our our hearts and mind into understanding what, what is meant here. But that's what he's saying. There is there is no excuse. Matthew sixteen twenty seven records the words. Uh, of Jesus says, For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. Romans, Romans 2.6 also says He will render, render to each one according to His works. See, there, there's an expectation of you and I as, as believers. There's also, uh, should be this, this compulsion as believers to also do this work even in days of adversity. A few years ago, uh, many years ago, when I was a, a youth minister at a, a church, I think this was probably in the early 90s, and, and uh, I remember doing this uh, Bible study with, with our youth group, and it was a, from a book that was written by two Christian teenagers. They were teenagers at the time and had wrote, written this book for teenagers, and the title of the book was just called Do Hard Things. And one of the things they, they wrote in that book, it says, Over time, refusing to reach higher, try harder, and risk more, robs us of the glorious purpose and wonderful future God has created us for. You know, <clears throat> these words were, were true then as they, they are now. Um, it's easy to do easy. But God calls us to be faithful and to do His work when when easy and when hard. Of course, I put Parentheses here. I don't, just make them only from my, my own thoughts, but I'll share it. You know, I would rarely say that God's call is ever easy, but uh, it. But whether it's easy or whether it's hard, <clears throat> we're commanded uh, to to do the work and uh, to be faithful to do the work to rescue those who are stumbling to slaughter. <clears throat> um, you know, doing God's work. Uh, 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 you know, when when things are, are normal. Uh, is is one thing, but but as we move forward from from this day forward and and whether it's another uh, pestilence or another uh, uh, difficulty, let's not let our faith lock up. Let's not let our our, our strength be small, our impact to our world, let it not be irrelevant and insignificant. Let's in 2021 and moving forward not falter and not faint, but continue to do that what uh, we've been called to do. To rescue the perishing, to care for the dying, because Jesus is merciful, and Jesus will save. Amen. You know, today as we close this this um, this message, I think uh, there there's a, a, a challenge for everyone in this room. One for those of us who are believers, and that is simply the challenge to do whatever it is God's calling you to do, where you are today in this moment, and to 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 do that, even if it's harder to do. The other message may be for, for someone who doesn't understand what, it, uh, what this idea of being rescued from, or this stumbling towards, towards an eternal death, and today can be that day of rescue. And, and I, I know uh, Brother Rob would love to talk to anyone who wants to know more about uh, what that means, so that uh, uh, you, know, you then can also experience the peace uh, that comes from knowing uh, that your eternity is sealed uh, with the father in heaven through jesus christ there is hope uh, jesus paid the price for sin and anyone who calls on his name and believes uh, will be saved we and, and as believers we have that answer so let's pray father god i thank you so much for just the opportunity to to uh, uh, articulate uh, uh, words that are not my words Lord. in the uh, uh, thoughts that are not my thoughts, Father. And I thank you that, that uh, you first gave these these words uh, an understanding to me, even during a time of, of challenge and, and difficulty, uh, Lord. But I pray that, that these words not go out void, that, that we leave this room and leave these walls today um, challenged and, and uh, with a renewed desire to, to go wherever it is you call us to, to go, whether that's in our own home or with our co-workers or... In our community or with our neighbors, Lord, that we go and we rescue those that we know are stumbling towards death. And Father, I just uh, thank you for this church. I thank you for the uh, the love they have for 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 one another and for this community, Lord. For the the desire they have to serve you through uh, serving and, and being a part of the ministry at the Baptist Children's Home, Lord. And I just thank you. And ask that you continue to bless the, the the work and the efforts here at Freedom Baptist. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.